born to die He might give Eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. As you can see by the title, it's uh, Grace for the Race. I've uh, mentioned it before, but I want to reestablish a few thoughts. Because we're told that we're running a race. Well, if you're going to run a race, you have to have some grace to do so. Because to run the race, there's all kinds of things that's going to be a problem. There are obstacles. There's troubles and trials. Heartaches, there's people, there's circumstances, there's all kinds of problems. Everything you can think of to keep you from running the race. Everything that can keep you from doing your race and running it smoothly produces stress. And nobody in here has ever been under stress, right? Have you ever had people put you under stress? Finances, emotions, your husband? Your kids, you can get stressed from a lot of different ways. It's not how stressful or heavy problems are. It's how long you carry it. Because you can handle anything for a short period of time. It's when you try to carry it for a long period of time that it wears you out. So some people never learn. They don't cast their cares upon the Lord and leave them there. So you know that there's a few things that you have to do in the burdens of life. One person put it this way. Always keep your words soft and sweet, just in case you have to eat them. Have you ever had to eat your words? You ever say something you wish you hadn't said? Like every day? Maybe not. Always read stuff that will make you look good if you die in the middle of it. Because you don't know when the race is over. You don't know when God's going to call you home. Drive carefully. It's not only cars that can be recalled by their maker. <laughs> Have you ever seen them where they got 167,000 Toyotas going to be recalled? Or Fords or Dodge? Some little glitch, something happens. Oh, it's just nothing serious. It's a car catch on fire. Or the brakes won't work. You know, just, just some little thing. You just bring it in and they'll fix that little thing and then you're good as new. So um, there's a risk. And we run these risks all the time. If you can't be kind, at least have the decency to be vague. 
You know, sometimes we're too clear. We're too sharp. Did you know you can kill somebody with a sharp word? Kill their love for you or for somebody else? Just with that little instrument right there. Saying things that we shouldn't say. Well, I gave them a piece of my mind. Well, you shouldn't give anybody a piece of your mind when you're in most need of it. So um, be careful. Another good thing to keep in mind. It may be that your sole purpose in life is to simply to serve as a warning to others. You see, even if God has to chasten you because you just won't listen. God can use that chastening as a warning to other people, right? And you want to be used by God, right? So now you can choose to be one that God blesses, or you can be one that God has to chasten. Those are choices that we get to make in life. Isn't that wonderful? Another good thing to keep in mind, if you lend someone $20 and never see that person again, it's probably worth it. Because they'll probably avoid you because they don't want to pay you back. And you're going to be so blessed. So you don't, you've got to look at the bright side of things, you know. Um, since it's the early worm that gets eaten by the bird, sleep late. So, you know, <laughs> that's something i got to learn. Is to get up a little bit, maybe. Let's sleep a little bit longer. When everything's coming your way, you're in the wrong lane. <laughs> when everything's coming your way, you're in the wrong lane. See, all these are things that produces stress in your life, but you don't sometimes see it and know it and recognize it right away. Uh, there's certain codes that people use, uh, you know, like when it comes to the National Rifle Association and others that try to teach you about, you know, being alert. You know, some people, the white is... When you're there, but you're not knowledgeable about what's going on. You can sit in like in a restaurant and you don't see anybody. You don't hear anything. You have no clue what's going on. And then yellow is when you are aware and you know where you are, what's going on. And you see people and you're always thinking, you're always looking in case something ever happens. You're prepared. Like driving your car down the highway. You're constantly looking in the rearview mirror. You're always knowing whether or not there's somebody coming up behind you or somebody's over there. If you have to make a, a decision quick, you can do so because you're, you're aware. But see, there's some people that they call white. That means they're, they've phased it out. They, they're not even knowledgeable. They're not, kind, they're not observant. Well, Christians get the same way. They can't find a lost person because they never see one. And then somebody else, well, the woods are full of them. They're everywhere. And somebody else can't find one. Red is whenever you not only are aware of what's going on, but you know that you're in military uh, readiness to confront an individual about whatever you're going to do. And black is when you you black out. You're frozen with fear because you haven't studied or prepared and you just freeze down and, and you can't say anything. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. And, you know, it can paralyze you because fear can do that to a person. Well, that, that happens to your mind, too. It happens also when you're under stress. And if you get angry when you're under stress, you don't think as reasonable. That's why they like to try to... The devil wants to make you mad so he can make you angry. He can make you angry. You can't 
reason right. You can't control your thoughts right. So keep that in mind. Remember this. Birthdays are good for you. The more you have, the longer you live. This is deep stuff. You ought to be writing all this down. Remember that none of this is good. You may be the only one person in the world, but you may also be the world to one person. You may be only one person in this world, but to some people you may be the world. They mean the world to you. And don't think just because there's a few people who don't like you, everybody thinks like that. That isn't true. I try to teach the college kids, but got a hundred people. You preached that sermon and three people walked out of there and says, that was the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. Remember, there are 97 people who never said a word. And if they come out and they say, that's the worst sermon I've ever heard in my life. Everybody thinks like that. No, 97 never said a word. You imagine it. Remember, two frogs in a pond can sound like a hundred just because of the noise they make. So you have to be watched. Anything that people say and do in circumstances can cause you a lot of stress. The next little thing I wanted to mention to you, some mistakes are too much fun to only make once. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Now, Larry, different. A truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery on a detour. How many times have you blessed out having to take a detour? Because it holds you up. You didn't get to go where you want on your time. And, and you passed up all that beautiful scenery. I've been on a lot of those. And I don't remember seeing anything. Now, Betty sees everything. I see nothing. She says, did you see that house? No, I didn't see no house. Did you see that dog over there? No, I didn't see no dog. I didn't see anything. People are different. And what might cause you stress may not cause the other person that same thing. And sometimes you wonder, well, I don't see why that's bothering you. It doesn't bother me. You ever heard anybody say that? It doesn't bother me. But you're running a race. And to run this race, understand this. Look there in verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. So along with all the problems you're going to have, anything that can cause you stress, always remember, grace is the power, the strength that you need to face whatever is coming your way. That's why we're saved by grace, the power of God to do for us us what we could not do for ourselves. Now, when God wants us to serve Him, then God wants to give us the grace and the power that we need to do whatever He wants us to do. So you can't say, I don't have the power or the strength to do it. You do if you'll lean on it. You can if you'll use it. So that's why He says in this verse, My grace is sufficient for thee. Look at the next part. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength. That's because he says in the next verse, so you'll get the meaning of it. Or same verse, but just a little bit further down. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the grace of Christ may rest upon me. But the word is power. That the power of God may rest upon me because there's power in God's grace. In other words, God will give us something we don't earn, we don't deserve, we didn't work for. And God will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Now, I want you to look there in uh, your notes. And you'll see that the verses that we have here is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, because it's so clearly laid out for us. 
It talks about, in chapter 11, the, the heroes of the Hall of Faith chapter. You know, those Old Testament saints, what God told them to do and what they did. And so they are a cloud of witnesses for us. But I've also thought about, you know, those people right now are in heaven, right? They're in heaven. And if they are a cloud of witnesses, well, those witnesses that were here and saw what God did in their life, but it says toward the end of the 11th chapter, they did not see the fulfillment of many of the promises that God made. Didn't happen at all in their lifetime. But God says in chapter 12 in verse 1, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We are compassed by so great a cloud of witnesses. Leads me to believe that there could be a possibility that we have a bunch of people up there that are watching what we're doing down here. I don't know. But they're witnessing. They're seeing something. Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience and as that's true, the race that is set before us. Now, another thing of looking at is this. What about all the people that know you? That know you trusted Christ as Savior? That know you're running a race? And they're witnesses of how you're running your race. We often think about when we get to heaven and at the great white throne judgment, we may be witnessing the people that are lost and testifying that whether we talk to them or not or whatever. But I believe we'll be there. But we don't have to be judged, praise the Lord. But at the judgment seat of Christ, wouldn't it be something if we have people that watch us daily? Maybe it's your husband, your wife, your kids. It could be in-laws, outlaws. It could be people where you work. People that are witnessing how you're living. And if they had to give a testimony about the quality of your Christian life and how you're running your race. I don't know if I'd like that. But it may be so. Because isn't it true that we're supposed to be an example of the believer? If you're an example of the believer, that means somebody is watching you. Somebody is following you. And he also makes a statement in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5, be imitators of God. So Paul says, walk as you have light. Walk as you see us walk. Follow me as I follow Christ. We're supposed to have somebody as as a witness. But anyway, we'll move right along. But notice, number one in the notes there, the race for the prize. What do you think that prize is? It says in the Bible that we're supposed to, you know, press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. What, What do you think that is? What's this prize I'm supposed to look for? I mean, if I'm racing, I'm trying to get a prize. What's the prize? Nobody knows? A crown? Could be a crown. What else might it be? It can't be salvation. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we can always do that, but the prize, what is it? Well... What else can it be? I mean, we're, we're raising for this prize, but we ought to have an idea. What might this prize be? I'll let you sweat it out for a while and think about it. 
Because you, you need to know that there's got to be, there's a race. But he does say in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 9 that um, the world runs to win a crown. And we run to receive an incorruptible crown. Something that's going to last for eternity. Now, I know this. The Bible says in the book of uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, talking about the trial of your faith in much more precious than gold and silver, though it be tried with fire, may be found under praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So the prize of what you want could be the praise, the honor, and the glory that God will give you for running your race. Isn't that something that when you get to heaven, don't you want to please God? You want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want that. So whatever it is, it must be worth working for. I believe so. And so there is a race for the prize. Now, am I racing against you? Are you racing against me? No, because that's not the kind of a race we're running. We're not trying to outdo somebody because me running the race could be me helping you run your race. And you helping somebody else run their race. So we're not supposed to run as individuals alone. We're supposed to help each other and strengthen each other and pray for one another and all those things. Because God's going to reward you when you get to heaven for what you did, even for the other brothers and sisters in the Lord. So look at number two there. Grace for the race. That's what we just looked at. Now look there in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews in chapter 4. We often have the uh, college kids learn this verse because it's such a great verse. And I tell them, I said, look, whatever the Word of God is, that's what it can do for you. There's got to be a reason for learning the Word of God. I said, the Word of God is alive. It's like it's alive. It sees into your soul. And it's looking at you. It's like studying the Bible. It's like God looking at me. Because the word came from the word. And look what he says in verse 12. For the word of God is quick. It means it's alive. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. And of the joints and the marrow. That's body, soul, and spirit. And not only that. Is a discerner of the thoughts. Now, remember this, one of the biggest problems that people have is they cannot discern right from wrong because of their mind, their conscience. Now, you can train your conscience when you teach it right from wrong, and you teach them what the Word of God says, then the Holy Spirit can use the Word of God, and you know right from wrong. But there's something else I want you to see. When he says, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent, the motives of the heart. You want to run your race? The thing that devil is going to work on you more than anything else is going to be your mind. And the devil can lie to you. He deceives you. He gets you thinking things that are not true. And next thing you know, you'll treat people because you think this and you think that. And you can become a mean, old, ugly individual because you imagine things. And it works on your mind. And you can take what somebody says, and it's sometimes, have you ever seen people, it don't matter how you say something, it's wrong. It don't matter how you say it, it's wrong. Well, you're supposed to have your speech seasoned with salt. How do you do that? Well, you stick your tongue out and 
so that you can season with the salt that you want, so that it tastes better. And so you've got to learn to season your speech. That means it's, um, it's choice words. It's the right thing to say at the right time. Wouldn't we wish we could all do that all the time? You ever said something you wish you hadn't said? Like all the time. So he's talking about that. Now look at what he says in verse 30. Now this is the power that the word. Because see, if you don't have this, you're not going to be serving the Lord very long because you're going to quit. You're not going to run your race. This is grace that you need, the strength, the power to run the race. Because if you're going to run the race, don't you want to win? And if you're going to run the race, don't you think you ought to play by the rules? Have you ever seen um, somebody, especially if you watch a football game and the guy goes up, he catches the ball and he comes in and his foot's on the line when he comes down and they call it incomplete. Have you ever seen a ref get it wrong? Because they're human and it's going that fast and they play it for us in slow motion. We're going to say, well, he didn't see that. The best thing to do is be sitting like at home with the cameras on everything and we can see them. And you wonder why that stupid quarterback can't see the guy that's open down there. He's got five or six guys bigger than him standing right in front of him and he's got their arms up and he, he can't see. I don't know why he can't see, but I can. And it's amazing how we can quickly judge. That's why they call them the Monday morning what? Monday morning quarterbacks. Because everybody knows what should have been done and how you could have done it better. Yeah, boy. In verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, there's a God who sees and knows everything about us. And we can't run, we can't hide from God. So you want to run your race, you've got to keep things honest between you and the Lord. You can't lie and deceive God. Now we can with other people. And God knows whether or not we're allowing our minds to run wild. If we're allowing things to happen that nobody really did, but we just think and imagine that. And so you can do a lot of damage doing that. Number three. Number three, don't faint means don't quit. Don't quit. Now look there in chapter 12 of Hebrews. You're right there in Hebrews. And look in chapter 12. He's talking about running the race. Talking about looking unto Jesus. So that you keep your eyes on the prize. The Lord to win Christ. As he says in the book of Philippians in chapter 3. He says, I'll do anything that I may win Christ. Maybe there's my prize. That's what I'm after. To to seek and to please the Lord. And so he makes a statement here in chapter 12. Look in verse 3. Because he says, when you get tired and weary because it's just so hard. It's just so hard. He says, Consider him, consider Christ. And that's why he makes that statement here. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Get this, lest ye be what? Wearied and faint in your minds. The mind, that's why it's so important. Because that's where you got to do your thinking. That's what you use to either trust the Lord and you're looking to the Lord and you want God's will for your life, and so you've got something to, to work with. But you don't take your eyes off the Lord. But you're going to have a lot of things happen to keep you from running your race. And that's why he says, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. 
Look at that word again, faint. You see that in verse 5? And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor what? Faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now, if, um, if I was to stand Bob over here and stand him up right here, and he fainted, what would that mean? What would it mean he fainted? What does that mean? You said you were talking too long. <laughs> he didn't say that. No, no, not to Bob. He, 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 just, he just up and fainted. He falls down here on the ground. He's, he's laying there on the floor. That means that uh, he's not with us at this moment. He's not cognizant of what's going on. And he, he can't reason. And uh, in other words, he's pretty much out of it. <laughs> I mean, really out. But when you faint, you pass out. And if you pass out, then you, you're not making good decisions for yourself. So he says, don't faint. Even when you're, dis, as it says here, my chastened son, he says, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. So don't get upset when God has to rebuke you. Do you like being rebuked? Ah, oh, you love it, don't you? Don't you love it when somebody has to put you in your place, correct you? Don't you take it with a smile because you know it was constructive criticism and not destructive criticism? Sure. And so if you have the right kind of a mind, people can say things to you and you take it constructively. But if you're not in the right frame of mind, it don't matter how they said it. It's wrong. So now look what he says. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now take your Bible and look there in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. You'll also see something very similar to this. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look in verse 1. Where it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy... Look at the very next three words. We faint not. In other words, we don't quit. We're running in a race. You say, you just don't know how hard I'm having it. Yeah. Every person on planet Earth has it hard. Everybody's got problems. And everybody's going through a rough time. It's just that they don't all do it at exactly the same time. Aren't you glad? And so he says, we have received mercy. We faint not. And then he makes this statement. You see there in verse 7? Wouldn't it be so neat if God had given to us this treasure in a Superman body? Why couldn't God just give me this Superman body? I could fly wherever I wanted to go. I wouldn't have to worry about anybody beating me up. Stones wouldn't hurt. Gunshots wouldn't bother me. Man, serving the Lord would be so easy, wouldn't it? So what's he going to reward me for? Would I need to really depend on the Lord when I got all this power myself? I can do whatever I want. I can go anywhere I want, and I'm gone. God gave us this treasure, in verse 7, in earthen vessels, a body made out of dirt. Now, I hate to put it this way, but you are about five or six foot of dirt. That's what that body you got, that's what it's made out of. Dirt. 
little water, mud. But isn't it wonderful that we can fall in love with a stick of mud? Because that's what our body is. This is a house. We live on the inside of this house. And so we have, you know, got to take care of the house that we live in. But there's more to us than just this body that we live in. Amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.